This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. All right, guys, welcome to part two of our reserve list summer episode. I know what you're thinking, and yes, I have been wearing these clothes for the last week while I waited for us to record part two. So today... We've got a little bit of a rundown. Last time we gave kind of an origin story of what happened in 2018, cited some cards that spiked then that we thought were kind of real. This time we're going to get into not necessarily fake spikes like we touched on at the end of the last episode with, you know, Grim Feast, etc. But we're going to go with stuff that follows more of a cycle. Mm-hmm. And that cycle often does sync up with Reserveless Summer or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, but some stuff that happens periodically which is more of an informative hey when this calms down this is something you can buy into for the next time this happens Mm -hmm. absolutely uh the cyclical thing was kind of interesting because we thought when we put these episodes together we'd come up with some pretty clear examples of what happened in 2018 what happened in 2020 and we would kind of delineate between the two and then as we were looking up uh, some some cards to to show because we were drawing conclusions from them what we actually found was that something like uh, metal worker and gilded drake are actually this kind of cyclical spikes and we'll show you each as we talk about them uh, first up i just have a you know, metal worker because it's you know, here in my tab and we see it in 2014 right before before cons of tarkir we see it again and i'll really say it's around uh, eternal masters in july yeah. of 2016 and we see it again in 2018 and then we're seeing the rise again in 2020 2016 and 2018 we know is these kind of like reserve list or legacy staple kind of spikes the star city tour was uh heavy into legacy in 2016 so we saw a lot of that pop there were articles and murmurings around there that underground sea would be the first four or five hundred dollar dual land from revised that we would ever see and uh, cards like metal worker were they were not a pillar of the format, but if somebody played one against you, you shouldn't have been too surprised. But what I, we didn't expect was that it would hold so well between all of these. The interesting thing to me, too, is that I assumed this was... Because I, I was aware that it was cyclical. I was aware periodically it spiked. But I remember the first spike being, as you said, back in 2014, was right before Eternal Weekend. And all of a sudden, okay, people yeah. wanted to play shops. Yep. So I assumed it was similar to power and that it saw a little bit of an uptick every time around Eternal Weekend. But it was literally just the first spike. Yes. No other spikes have coincided with Eternal Weekend whatsoever. And, and that was, you know, even being aware of the cycle, I wasn't aware of the timing of the cycle mm-hmm. and how this happened. It seems like every year and a half, basically every 16, 18 months, yep. it'll just tick up. and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was interesting for me to like doing the research. We figured that out and said, "Oh, wait, this is not, this isn't quite what I thought it was." Okay, then. Yeah, and, and you can kind of line some of these up too, is in regards to why there's float. So when you look at the spike in 2015 to 2016, there is a little bit of a bump in 2016. Well, what happens? Well, we go back to Zendikar, and we get some Eldrazi, and they're not bad for EDH. Cause like the Great Distortion. Uh, yeah. Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, uh, I believe Emrakul 
the promise end is is illegal in edh it's the other one a on soren that that's banned yeah. these cards are eminently playable in yeah. edh and just because you're playing a mono brown deck you know an art a heavy artifact based deck where metal worker is at its most powerful doesn't mean you also don't want some of these unique effects so that helps float these cards or you can kind of see the, the stepwise increase from oath of the Gatewatch, where we got kozilek into ema float a little bit longer through uh kaladesh and aether revolt which is another heavy artifact set didn't really get a lot of help there trends back down but then comes up in that spike that we talked about in our previous episode in the summer of 2018 shortly after dominaria basically as people were cashing out of bitcoin and you know fomo kind of kicked in and uh, Metal Worker is kind of a choice card where it's basically an EDH playable, but not an all-star. Gilded Drake, however, the next card we want to talk about that's it, that sees at, we'll call them cyclical spikes now, is yeah. just that. It is uh, an EDH powerhouse. It is yeah, an all-star Yeah, the card is format. incredible in the format. I assume it's all over CEDH. And it is. It just wrecks house. Uh it is a very interesting card because you can do very interesting things with it if you want to flicker it, whereby you swap... That I have. Yep, you swap Gilded Drake and the card your opponent has, and then you flicker Gilded Drake, and it comes back into play under your control because you're the owner of it, and then you get the swapsies again, and the swap... As long as both targets are legal when the swap resolves, you swap permanently. There are, there are no gives yeah. backsies unless it's a card like Homeward Path that returns all... Uh, Creatures Take your own, and then it's... Yeah, eh. all creatures control. And Gilded Drake is a rocket right now. This, this thing's headed to the moon. But we can see, kind of in the nation-state of the EDH format, when we really zoom in, that there is the same kind of stepwise spike, this kind of cyclical spike. It's not the same that we saw in Metal Worker, um, because it really is only around Oath of the Gatewatch EMA that we see one spike. But there is a spike nonetheless, and that brings it from 18 to about 25. So we're talking an almost, mm, say, 40% increase on the card overall. Yeah. And now it's just, you know, gone. Whenever Gilded Drake pops up on stocks, you know it's never coming back. And it cards of yeah. this, like, this ilk. That's it. But it's not like, like Monocrypt that they can just keep printing into the ground, right? That's the one yeah. that vault. One of them's good, the other one's not. Oh, for EDH. And so these are these are cyclical, and we've seen this across the board, and we're going to continue to see it. These cards might dip in price, like we see, uh, like we saw a little bit with Metal Worker when it didn't get a lot of great support. Uh, yeah. Gilden Drake has kind of wavered, and it might come down because the price is just at this point overinflated for the demand that exists. It's going to sate. Demand will be sated, and then. That's it. The card will, will stagger and, and eventually fall back down. But if it tumbles far enough, we will see another spike back up and it will be very prominent in this graph. And yeah. this kind of gives you the information that you need to say, okay, if this happens every 18, 24 months, what have you, we can see the cycle of reserveless spiking happening. What does that mean for me? What, does that, what do I need to do to prepare myself I, either as a seller or a buyer? And that gives you a lot of great information and tools at your disposal to get ahead of this in the winter and spring, if you want to, because we can see this coming now. This is the third time something like this has happened, and you can expect that it will be 
format all-stars and format staples. And that's that's something that we wanted to make sure we differentiated between episodes one and two is that, you know, we gave examples of both in episode one. This we want to make sure that we're differentiating what all stars are and what are duds because there are cyclical cards that are still duds, such as Grim Feast. But again, it goes back to playability. Metalworker is something that's eminently playable and similar to Guild the Drake. It's something Mm -hmm. that only gets better as more support is printed for yes, it. Yes, exactly. And that's you know similar to when we pick cards like Collected Company. Oh, they're only making more efficient creatures, so inevitably that card will get better. Mm-hmm. And it's it's worth noting that EDH, especially Gilded Drake, shines because it's in the most popular, most powerful color, and everybody loves taking people's stuff. Yeah. That's, that's just how it is. It's brutally efficient for what it does, and I think that's what you need to, to look for every time this happens you need to look for that efficiency that just can't be matched and yeah. when you when we talk about elk and lair which was a dud in the, from the previous episode and we talk about grim feast a card that does have two halves to it but has been outclassed by cards that contain only one half of grim feast yeah Th- it's things like that that will hold back a number of these reserve list cards. It's the fact that there's just something better out there and might cost a little bit more, but it does some, uh, the same or better. It's not close. It wasn't close enough to get picked up by that functional reprint rule because, like I said, it might be half of the effect. Yeah. Or it might be something uh, different enough. But there is a lot of low power on the reserve list. Yeah, and it's very uh, easy such as to one of my up. pet cards, Stamping Field. Don't buy that card. That's fair. That is. But fair. yeah, it's 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 worth keeping in mind that if you want to be legitimate about what you're doing in finance, mm-hmm. if you want these things to be something that not only you do as a hobby, but to get some type of extra cash one way or another, make sure you're paying attention to playability. FOMO is not the way to do it. I had a friend of mine message me last week and was like, hey, all these reserve list cards are spiking. I want to buy out a $1 to $5 reserve list card that hasn't spiked yet. And I said, don't. Don't do that. That's a good way to light your money on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he didn't listen. No. I, I want to I bring up a, a good example of what I was talking about where we have similar but uh, different effects. There's a, a card that on the reserve list that's been recently spiking. and I'll, I'll bring it up. It's a white enchantment from Legends. It is called Lifeblood. And we can see oh. around 2018, it just jumps from nothing to something. It's going to be about $25. Two and, a, uh, two, and two white. You gain one life point each time one of your opponent's mountains becomes tapped. Okay, well, when we have, is it Oriok Champion? Uh, no. Core Firewalker, isn't it? Uh, is that the one that gains a life whenever somebody plays a red spell? Yeah. Yeah. And has pro red. Yeah. There are a number of other effects that do this, this, the something similar or better than lifeblood. And yeah. they are life gain, protection from red, and a trigger off of a red, a red spell being played in, uh, in these fashions. And you don't have to pay. $20 for something like this. Lifeblood, low power card. There are creatures yeah. that do something sim- the same or better. 
So this is what we're talking about. There are a lot of these effects that you can just find something better for and cheaper. And that's kind of the, the telling sign that it's a trap. Literally a trap. The other half of what we wanted to talk about in this episode are cards that were targeted in 2018, saw no movement, but are seeing incredible spikes right now. And yeah. again, that was kind of where we ended the last episode, but we kind of very clearly have two examples here. One of them is a little muddled because of what the card does. The other one is a very clear example. Uh, the, the card that's a little muddy is Hellfire. Hellfire is one heck of doodle of a card. There's a lot of text on it that's been oracled, but basically all non-black creatures are destroyed and Hellfire deals X plus three damage to you. X is the number of creatures placed in the graveyard, right? And it costs two and three black. So it's this weird uh, wrath effect. Hellfire has held a price tag for a fairly long time based solely on the art, the name, the everything about the card that isn't the actual effect of the card. That's why it's money, but you can see on the stocks graph that was targeted in 2018, and what happened shortly thereafter, it just came back down to what the standard price is because the card was targeted for an RL spike, nobody cares about it, and the card just kind of drops. It's coming back around now as a spike because it's part of the RL spike that we're seeing, but this is a card that was targeted and did nothing because the demand was only there based on everything FOMO. about the... Yeah, well, not just FOMO, but well, everything... Sorry, the, po the spike was based on FOMO. Yeah. The demand for the card was not based on old school, vintage, EDH, exactly. whatever playability. You could, you could remove every piece of magic related uh, parlance from that card, name, uh, CMC, and text in the text box, and that card would still sell just based on the art alone. It's yeah. one of those cards. And you can cite it in uh, some other spikes that we've seen recently for, for Therese Nielsen art. Sure. But this just goes to show that if you try and FOMO force something on the other end of it, it's going to drop back down to what demand was there for. Yeah. So, Muddy, yes. Targeted in 2018, yes. And what's going to happen in 2020 is it's just going to raise the floor back up to where it was. And the couple people that wanted to buy it are just going to be forced into it, and then it'll come back down again, and we'll move it effectively into cyclical. Yep. And I, I think it's... It's, it, it's worth noting, too, that Hellfire specifically, if you look at the MTG stocks graph for low, uh, this year it actually reached a low point that was lower than its pre-spike price by 25%. So if you do get into a bad spec like this, do not fall prey to the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Get out. Because you may end up losing money on it. And it's better, you know lose more money i should say it's better to lose less money than to lose more just try to get something out of it which mm -hmm. is why and i'm sure you'll agree one of the things that i have always been a big proponent of is you don't make money by waiting for a card to spike you make money by locking in your margins if you see a card spiking don't get greedy sell it into the spike you want to make your margins so you can move on to something else absolutely absolutely the the other card that we want to bring up that was targeted in 2018, saw no movement, and might fall under cyclical eventually, is Well of Knowledge. Or as one of my friends calls it, not Cursed Scroll. Because the yeah, art it, is 
not cursed scroll. Yeah, similar enough. The colors are similar enough that at a glance, it looks like cursed scroll. So, I, yeah, I still think it is. Sometimes when I see it in a binder, I'm like, oh, cursed. Oh, nope. never mind. So we can see again after Dominaria before M19, the same summer spike in 2018. It falls almost all the way back down to the dollar card that it was, and is coming right back around for another spike. Though it looks like the uh, the average is tumbling way back down as FOMO sales kind of cool. Yeah. So this is, it's hard to say if this is on the heels of the RL target because we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know when people are going to be done making their moves on RL cards for uh, legitimate or nefarious means. But this is the, this is a kind of card that is is going to, obviously going to be targeted and if it tumbles back down it just becomes a cyclical spike and this is one of those if you want to try and lock in margins you absolutely can but sitting on this card is just going to do nothing but tie up capital yeah it's not going to pan out we have the historics behind this it did nothing until the first reserve list spike and this is kind of the the lesson we learn every time that something yep. goes on with the reserve list, that people try and monkey around with the reserve list or monkey around with a group of cards based on uh, artist or expectation of card type, uh, expeditions, invocations, masterpieces. We just saw expeditions are getting a reprint, essentially. That breaks the mold. We're we thought... also getting Time Spiral again? Yeah. Old... Old face artifacts are making a comeback. But Yeah, I'm dumb. Dumb. Chalice looks okay. I'll say that. And I I, as I we think tangent. Chalice looks good. I love Old Border. I love Starfoils. I hate that they're basically just taking the remastered sets from Arena and mm -hmm. printing them in paper as a standard legal set. I don't think it's standard legal. I think it's purely I, supplemental. I thought it was. I don't know. There's so many announcements. Who knows? I think the bottom of the gra uh I don't have it on me. To, to find but the we have our core set announcement for what's coming up next year the the four sets strixheim you know how is it harry uh, potter yeah i was gonna say dungeons vikings vikings harry potter dungeons and dragons yeah. and return to innistrad split over two sets which we'll we'll talk about all this at a later date that's all on top so that my expectation with those are the four standard sets and then that makes sense yeah purely the bottom is the supplementals mm -hmm, exactly and that's uh time spiral two and Modern Horizons too. So for anybody who hasn't caught it yet, that's the product slate for next year. And we're getting Path to Exile and Old Border. I guess everything in Time Spiral 2 will have an Old Border version of it. And then there's, oh, maybe. And then Modern Horizons will have the Zendikar fetches in it. Yeah. So that uh, purely, purely tangent. Going back to Well of Knowledge, this is the kind of thing that if you want to hold a card, hold a bad word, if you want to buy into a cyclical spike, well of knowledge is an example of, of what can happen. You can buy into the cyclical spike in uh, December, or winter, or to spring if you're you're in the northern hemisphere. You you buy into that. You you pick up cards you know are targeted, and then you just get ready and you just start listing them at the yep. end of May for 1.5 to 2x what the current market is, and according to this you'll be able to move them and that's perfectly fine because you have a plan you know what yeah. you're going to do there are the historics here that proves this 
it's fine. You know, you're doing what you're doing. You're not the one that is trying to create a new market trend or try to corner based on something specific that has specific demand, like I was talking about earlier in regards to artists or moving in on expeditions because they're pseudo unreprintable. Same thing with invocations and masterpieces when you could instead be moving your money somewhere else and churning there. You don't have to sit and hold as long. And I, I think it's worth noting that this is, for me, I see the RL model as a completely separate business model from the like churn model and that they don't exist. They don't coexist. And that for me, it helps to look at them as two separate things. I don't cross financial streams or anything like that when I'm looking at it, Mm -hmm. because I think if you want to do the 1.5 X list it for when it gets there, you need to keep in mind that that's not, it either is or isn't your active business model. And if it's not your active business model, focus on the other one. And I think that a lot of people run into problems when they try to keep both going in the same bucket. And that's not something that I personally can keep track of well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just as like a general pointer, I think some people may benefit from separating those two out as like how they're MTG financing or how they're being a finance bro, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because I I like the 1.5x. I do it myself. I think it's important to have, you know, your stuff that you just sit on and put in a box and forget. That's where I found all those grim feasts that I sold on Facebook. Had no idea, but it happens. Yeah. And and now that we have these historics officially for a lot of this reserve list stuff, you can turn that into your finance model if that's what you want to do. And absolutely. And there's no... There's no harm. There's there's no foul in it, and because there is a proven track record, it becomes a legitimate business path. Like I said, the only time it becomes squirrely is when you're trying to force something where there force movement where there hasn't been movement before. Yeah. And if people want to take umbrage about this because it's the reserve list and the spikes, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, it, it doesn't matter. You can either partake in the reserve list or not. It, yeah. And if you don't, if if you want to own a guy, Gaia's Cradle and you don't think $1,000 is reasonable, you know what? You are also correct. Yeah. $1,000 for that cra- Cradle is most likely not reasonable. You have recognized the fact that that price has been toyed with because we are currently in uh, a spiking position. But yeah. at the same time, if you were to make outreach instead of just look for outlets for outcry, you'd be able to pick up that cradle at close to previous prices because, as you mentioned, once that cradle spikes to 600 to 1,000, you're going to get people who are like, ah, shit, I need to pick it up. And the the market is that, sorry, uh, I need to get out of it. And they want to yep. lock in their margins. So if it was 350 before the spike, asking at 4, 450, if the price is 5, 600, might get that card. You might not have to pay that much more of a premium it's all about how you want to deal with the market in that regard yeah. and how the people out there are looking to deal with their margins. When it hit a thousand, we, we heard across at least uh, two or three different, diff- different discords that run like internal promotions. People were moving cradles at pre-spike prices. Yeah. So every time somebody monkeys around with the reserve list, then we see these spikes. A lot of it's directed towards Facebook and TCG player, but if there's something you, something you need because, Hey, you just didn't have the finances. 
and you finally do, and you've just been kind of dragging your feet on that, you can still buy those cards. It's not that difficult. No, and it's, you know, I, I think a lot of the... There's a lot of vilification that goes on around, obviously, you know, the reserve list. Yeah. Uh, it's very divisive, whatever. I At the end of the day, you are not entitled to any of this, and you are absolutely correct if you say that these prices are too high, because you make that decision for yourself. You're also absolutely correct if you think that $20,000 for a Beta Lotus is too low. Yeah. Absolutely. The, yeah, the door but. swings both ways on, on these things. And it's just... You, your decision to make the entire way through. Yeah. And, and how you want to deal with it. You can lean into it and make it a business model if you want. You can lean away and, you know, move, uh, move out of the reserve list, uh, divest if you, if you want to. Yeah. It's completely up to you. Now that we have the cyclical nature, everybody has been forewarned yeah and the, the information's out there yep. there's no reason not to be aware of it absolutely absolutely and every year more people move into magic yes but every year more people are also able to buy a lot of nostalgia based items so you have to remember that that everything's going to increase year over year and again you can yep. lean in you can lean away it's Either is fine. The importance here and, you know, the crux of this episode is really now the cyclical nature of the reserve list. We might see it tighten. We might see it move down. Uh, We mentioned like 18, 24 months is kind of what we were really seeing in terms of like the the pillars of of a format like EDH or Legacy spike a lot earlier than those that are kind of dragging, you know, well of knowledge we just cited. Uh, Underground C, we cited uh, kind of the, the marker in the first one, in the first episode. You know, you have you can do that. We might see things tighten down, and we might see you know twelve months and eighteen are now your windows where where things yeah. really start to move, and you just need to keep an eye on an eye out on that because this becomes more of a collectible market every year, and embrace it. Yeah. If you want to own at least one reserve list card, pick whatever one you want, and it'll probably get out at. A uh, at a profit in the next couple of years. Grim Feast. Uh, <laughs> Don't pick Grim Feast. Alkin Cove or whatever it is. You can still yeah, pick Alkin that one up for like, your layer for like sure. two or three bucks. Yeah, why not? There is still a lot of low hanging fruit on the reserve list. There's mo- there's definitely there money is. to be made. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to use the term because it's kind of pejorative when used incorrectly. But I mean, if you want to slumlord it on the reserve list, you absolutely can. And like I said, this is the second time these cards will have spiked. We're now moving into cyclical yep. territory, so you know you're going to be get out, going to be, going to be able to cash out at a profit at some point in time. Worth it. Yeah, absolutely. If that's what you want to do with your, with your margins, you know you want to. You're fine with a, an ROI of between twelve and twenty four months on something like that. Yeah, go for it. You can throw. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, if you can spare the hundred dollars, why not? I have a hundred dollars in Dogecoin. <laughs> Always trust the meme. Always trust the meme. Don't don't let your dreams be memes. Um, or no, <laughs> memes be dreams. I, I can't remember that quote. Yeah, it well, doesn't matter. If Dogecoin ever hits a dollar, I'm cashing out at like eight figures. That's all I know. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> part, uh, parts of beautiful. a part of a part of a penny to buy in. Why the hell not? Yeah. 
But, you know, consider it a low-risk stock now that we're in the cyclical nature, the cyclical territory of the reserve list. Yeah. Uh, but getting out of that and pulling back to our actual picks, unless there's some more stuff you want to go over. All right. Uh, Pick it up. Okay. So I'll start mine first. I, I appreciate the Scott reference, though. Uh, <laughs> my, my pick for this is uh, Rock's Faith Mender. And it's an interesting card if you look at it uh, financially. I mean, the text on the card is also interesting. It's just kind of been a rope, and it dips down around Jumpstart and comes back. We're finally starting to see movement on it again, which is why I picked the card. Uh, as mentioned, Jumpstart printing, there's the M13 printing, and that's it for this card. That is the entire population of Rock's Faith Mender right now, those two sets. So... Uh, Rock's Faith Mender, CK was buying 16 copies about a month, month and a half ago. When I checked in the other, uh, for about $2. When I checked in the other day, they're now buying 42 copies at $2.05. The TCG market on these has gone up by about 50 cents to about $5.30. And there's just been a continual drop in population uh, across the board. There are 145 unique prices total, which is not a lot for uh, for M13 uh, for this card. Uh, as I did mention, Jumpstart did delay the price increase of this card, and if we ever get the rest of the Jumpstart uh, population of cards that we are expected to, then we're probably going to see another delay in the financial gains of this card, and I'll address that later. But it is uh, a little tenuous with that set. There are a lot of cards that are either going to hold or skyrocket based on what happens with our next wave of actual allocation of jumpstart this will be one of them so rock what you got nightmare i jumpstart is a disaster oh absolutely uh, one of the biggest disasters i've ever seen in terms of qc with wizards and that's a bold statement sorry didn't mean to interrupt no it's fine um so rock's faith mender you know one fourth lifelink and whatever you gain life, you would gain twice that much. So it works off both lifelink and old school lifelink, like on Loxon, on Warhammer, and Exalted Angel. So you read the card, and you're like, okay, this is, you know, a Pillow 40 card, and you are absolutely right. This card slots into a number of Pillow 40 decks. It is base white, which means you'll see it in Tristani and a number of other things. But this card uh, actually exists in some other niches, and that's kind of why I like it. And you can see in the list of top commanders that I've had up for a little bit, you see Alicia, Sanguine Tribune, which is one of, if not the top vampire tribal commanders. Uh, there's Linval, the Preserver, which is an angel tribal commander. And so you're reaching out to casuals who want to play tribal there. You can get a little aggressive with something with Evra, Halcyon Witness, which allows you to switch your life total with this power of toughness to come swinging yep. in. Which means that that kind of worked with cards like Sarah Avatar and the Ajani Goldmane Ultimate. So you can just continuously yeah. make these gigantic creatures and just start swinging for the fences. And it's a little slower, but you get there. And then you can be yeah. a, even a, a little more aggressive than that and actually play like combo life game, where you have uh, Oloro at the helm of your deck and you basically just play uh, into the Sanguine Bond combo. Uh, you have uh, Rune Tail, Kitsune Ascendant. Uh, when you have 30 more life, you flip it. And then it prevents all damage, and that deck yeah. is actually the life gain combo deck. Uh, you play Test of Endurance and Felidar Sovereign and anything else that basically just says if you have X amount of life at X point in time, you win the game. And this card becomes this kind of cornerstone there. 
and because it fills all those ni- those niche roles, I like the card as a long-term player in the EDH format. Now, touching on timeline, I want to bring up Jumpstart because that does muck up the picture of this card. If we get the allocation we expect, then the three months that I would expect on a turnaround to a player turns probably into six or nine, and to buy a list, it goes from like 12 to closer to 18 or 24. The other thing is, is rocks are no longer unique to a plane. We kind of broke out of that mold, I think, around M13. Uh, They first showed up as a tribe, I believe, on Mirrodin, and were kind of locked there. And we did see... um, No, Ravnica, the first. That was the first one. Oh, yeah, it was Ravnica, yeah. So, uh, like, two years later, uh, rocks, quote-unquote. Because we had locked, yeah. Yeah, the rocks and locks and stuff kind of broke out and started crossing planes. Uh, Dominary had rocks initially, and that's where the the rhinos became a thing, and then they just kind of spread out, well, yeah. along with the Loxons. So there is a chance that we see jumpstart allocation, and we might get it in a standard set. I don't think we'd see it in a supplemental set. I don't think we'd see it in an EDH deck. So as I mentioned, my short-term timeline would be about three months if you're going to want to get out to a player. You can buy in now and probably get out at a profit, uh, but in the neighborhood of like a dollar or two. And I would yeah. expect uh, 12 months at a minimum to a buy list if... We don't get a jumpstart or a supplemental reprinting of this in the meantime. Otherwise, yeah. if we do, I think it's 24. With the allocation we've seen, the demand that's here, the fact it fits all these niches, I do not expect this card to ever really drop in price unless we get it in the standard set. And it's just yeah. another one of those ropes you can buy into and hold forever and just kind of ride it into the sunset. I don't think we're just I... going to get mono rocks the plane, so... No, I, I think it's too niche, and I think, you know, you touched on being a, an appealing card in casual decks. It It is lateral to so many other cards that do the same thing that you want, like, a critical density of. Yes. So this is another way, not to mention it also stacks with yeah. other doubling effects. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, for Pillow 40, casual stuff, which, you know, we all say casuals drive the market. This is a prime example of something that you want for that purpose. Yeah. Uh, because it's not, I mean, it's not really a sure thing, but it's as close as you can get. Yeah. I, like, looking through the the list of commanders, I was only surprised by how aggressive a slant the Runetail deck takes out of yeah. all the other decks to get where it's trying to go. I've seen the Allero deck in person, and uh, anybody I've seen Helmet generally yeah. really is tightly tuned to that combo so faith mender isn't quite on the radar because they just want to get to the two black enchantments and win the game right there and yeah. rocks slows things down a little too much for an aggressively slanted deck but i don't think you can build this rune tail deck without it and this is a very quick seems like a, the wrong word when you're playing a card like true conviction but yeah. it gets where it needs to go real quick yeah real quick so, that that's that's my pick for this week. I, I like it. I think it's really solid, and I think it touches on a lot of the points that we continually echo as far as, you know, things that indicate, while it might not be 100% a sure shot, mm-hmm. it's as close as you can get. Yeah. And that's, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pick is Koopa Troopa Flooded Strand. Hell yeah. So... Uh, the Mario Kart Flooded Strand. Why, you may ask? Well, uh, the price has been fairly stagnant. Mm-hmm. And while the price has been fairly stagnant, the listings have not. 
so compared to this time about six months ago, we were looking at a 10x compared to what we have on TCG right now. There's currently 29 listings total, and the lowest is $47.99. The very highest is $120. Well, why pick it then? That's easy. If you go over to Card Market, there are 281 listings currently, most of which are below 35 euros. So that is a literal immediate arbitrage for profit. Uh, the other interesting thing about this is if you look at Card Kingdom's buy list on this card, if you look at Miniature Market, if you look at Star City, if you look at any of those buy lists, the buy list is $25. And they want 10 plus at all of these places. Now, why that's interesting is because they are just below the threshold where it becomes profitable for them to purchase from MKM and arbitrage themselves, which is something a lot of those vendors do. It is something your GP vendors do. Mm -hmm. It's a very common practice in that world, and it's an opportunity that a lot of them will seize on, and all of a sudden when shows start up again, you'll see a bunch of these flooded. Yes. I think this is a time that, for me personally, I would be going in on this. Uh, I've picked up about 15 so far from sellers that had multiples, obviously, because that's the preferred way to do it. Because the less you get from sellers who have multiple, the more you're going to pay in overhead on shipping everything else. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a really good pick because it seems to me to have all of the indicators that it will, in short order, be worth significantly more once events start happening now i know what you're saying events may never happen blah 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 i just don't think that's possible i i think they're going to have events again at some point oh yeah absolutely uh to point out they can't not no of all the premium versions of flooded strands this is by far the cheapest at 50 percent ish of what the other ones are going for it's impressive yeah. that the judge promo which is the onslaught art with and it's hard to see the DCI logo behind it being the I'll call the cheapest right now at 140 because the Zendikar Rising expedition starting at 125 seems a little low compared to yeah. the original expedition at 200. But this also has historically much higher a much higher price ceiling than we're seeing right now on this card. Also yeah. unique is the fact that it's one of five. They mm -hmm. Have not made the other four yet. We don't know if we're ever going to get them. So this exists as a yeah. unique piece as well. Um, it's listed as random promo or WCN where you look at it. And WCN is, WCN is a little more, um, or WPN, sorry, is a little more yeah. rel uh, reliable than miscellaneous because it was given to players at U.S. Nats, correct? Yes. Yeah. And European Nats okay. and wherever yeah but yeah. It, it was primarily for nats mm -hmm. which i guess is something they've gotten rid of since everything's on arena maybe that changes in six months when they change the pro league again because they can't get their head out of their ass who knows yep so this is a uh, short windowed period where the, the card was given out never to be given out again it seems and because nat uh you know the national competition only happened once the thought yep. that there would be the other four never really occurred. More people were yep. stirred up about this than anything else. So I think it, it's 
a great pick because it is the low-hanging fruit of the bunch. You have the historics in front of you in regards to the other ways to, or the other versions of the premium flooded strands to look at and say, okay, this is the window for it. They might have uh, plateaued here in time. We saw an increase there. And even in a post-COVID world, this does still exist as both a playable piece and a collectible piece Yeah, for that reason. So I, I like the, the pick overall, even though it is a little expensive. Yeah, it, it is a little on the expensive side, and it is something that you need to jump through a couple of hoops for. Mm-hmm. But it highlights another area of MTG finance that not a lot of people necessarily think about. Nope. You know, when you're shopping around for this stuff, it's something where you can say, hey, look, say uh, Magic Corner is at an event. Well, they're from Europe. Yeah. You may have a little bit more wiggle room on this stuff in their booth because they can just go back and buy it. Or for uh, less. Galactic. Yeah, Galactus yeah. or Galactic, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, it's There is the opportunity for that, and I think that's something that's worth exploring when you're able to yeah and this pick was actually kind of born out of the idea of looking at the cons fetches as a whole you and i had discussed that uh, for your pick yeah. for the week because we've purposely chosen polluted delta several times because it was cyclical again we yeah. could, we expected that card to rise and so we wanted to bring it to your attention so we were like all right we want to look at the cons fetches across the board and i said and i shot back like all right i'm gonna put flooded strand in the discord just as a placeholder for now yeah, we can leave it a strand. Or would you want me to give uh, what at Foothills because that is kind of the, the next most expensive one. It goes in uh, most stuff if something like Vrix's Death Shadow isn't uh, pushing up. Not yeah. Blood Crypt. That's the shock. What is the Blood Stain Mine? Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we can go with either one of those. And you and I were chatting, and I was like, holy hell, what about the Koopa Troopa? Flooded strand? Yeah, and it was just like Koopa Troopa strand, and that's when I was like, wait, no, that's the one. Yeah, and it was just this light bulb moment where we both had kind of forgotten that this card existed it even existed yeah oops and it, yeah it just became this happy accident of like well we were headed in this direction anyway and this is where our finance like acumen yeah. brought us this is this is the card out of everything that we went through this is the distilled information uh to bring and so it it just goes to show that even on the surface when you're like okay the swath of cards we think is going to rise, dig in a little more, peel back the layers, and then you actually arrive at, like, the one answer. Like, one. okay, this is yeah. more expensive than anything else we, were, we had planned to talk on, but the opportunity to make money on this is greater, we believe, than the other options that were layers above. Yeah. And I, I think it's also worth noting that with that, you can still make money on the cons fetches. Oh, absolutely. Because they're not getting reprinted obviously except as expeditions we know we're not getting them in modern horizons too i'm almost 100 percent on that the you can watch the interview the zendikar rising uh video on release video on youtube where they specifically talk about it but i believe they only call out the zendikar fetch lands as the enemy fetch lands they do not make a point to talk about the allied fetch lands yeah i don't think they need them but yeah, no. even if they do, it could still be another art. It's the whether you get the Koopa Troopa art or not is. Yeah, which traditionally there, but... we've seen with promos, they'll sometimes go back to that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are numerous times where you can see the promo art is not reused after that promo because enough time has passed that they've decided, well, let's you know get something else in here. Why not? Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, or they had other promo art that they liked better, More. so they go back to a different piece of promo art they had as well. So, yeah. There, there are options. If we want to look at it that way. But that is going to end our conversation about the Great Reserve List spike of 2020. There's a chance we'll be back at this again in uh, 2021 or 2022. 2022, yeah. yeah. We'll see you then. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for MTG Cabalcast where you can find us on Patreon, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. I am at Halt. I am Reptar on Twitter. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. And we'll catch you guys next week.